we tend to communicate a lot, but not listen enough. And so in order to really build that inclusive culture and really bring everybody into a sense of belonging with everything that's going on right now, it is, is really about listening. Hi all, welcome to yet another episode of Hacking HR Podcast. In our endeavor to get you the best of the themes and the topics for discussion in our podcast, we have a very interesting guest with us today, joining in from Florida, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being with us in today's podcast and investing your time to share your thoughts with our viewers and listeners. Thank you, Natasha. It's a pleasure to be here. Amazing. So Jennifer has more than two decades of experience in leading HR function and also uh, she has been an entrepreneur in this journey with various organizations. Uh, in that leadership experience, she has done extensive work in talent management, uh, talent development, and overall leading the HR strategy for different industries. Uh, the interesting conversation that Jennifer and I will be having today is about how one can build an engaging and inclusive culture, especially with the changing times and the work models that are now slowly uh, getting introduced into the different workplaces globally. So Jennifer, my first question to you, uh, given the global changes that we are seeing right now in different organizations, and of course we have work from home, we have um, hybrid, we have also have work from office. Um, given the business nature and the uh, complexities that organizations are going through right now, uh, how do you see the trends or the initiatives that are currently being observed in building and engaging an inclusive culture in the organizations. Sure, Natasha. So we have many, many moving parts going on right now. And especially as you uh, indicated, a lot of changing times globally. Um, probably the first person, at least that first time, at least that I know, uh, where we're all kind of in the same boat um, in terms of dealing with all of these changes and what's affecting and impacting the workplace and, and individuals at home um, and, and bridging that personal and professional life more than ever now. Um, I, I would say from, from my perspective in terms of what I've been, been doing and really focusing on is that communication piece and, um, and, and not only communication, but, but listening. Um, so we tend to communicate a lot, but not listen enough. And so in order to really build that inclusive culture and really bring everybody into a sense of belonging with everything that's going on right now, it is, is really about listening. So when we're having those communication pieces, we've put in many, many initiatives to ensure that we are hearing everybody and giving everybody a safe opportunity to share and express what their needs are, what's working for them, what's not working for them, um, support groups, because as I said, there's a lot of personal coming into the professional and professional that's gone into the personal. Um, and, and, and now as employers, we're, re, we're kind of responsible for all of that. It's all about the experience that employee is able to have while working for your organization. And, and that now today really does include everything at home as well. So putting those, those um, initiatives in place um, to hear people out and then really listen to what they're saying and, 
and acknowledge it and provide the feedback and, and create initiatives that have sprouted from those conversations that everybody then feels safe to bring to the table. So I would say it definitely starts with communication and, and really truly listening. Totally agree with you. So um, given in that context, as you rightly said, bringing in the inclusion element to it from the diversity perspective and then bringing in the belonging to it as well. Uh, and I'm just going to share my um, thoughts and my observation that I've had in the last couple of months with different CEOs and HR leaders. Uh, a lot of times, um, it's just out of sheer pressure that organizations adapt these words in their philosophy. So earlier it was DE, then it became, sorry, earlier it was DI, then it became DEI, now it's become DEIB, and I'm sure there's more coming in right. future. So given that as the background, I think people are still in the organization, if I were to put HR aside and business leaders aside, uh, people at the ground level are still confused between the basics of what is inclusion and what is belonging. A lot of times they say, okay, if it's an, it's an inclusive environment, it means that I belong to the place. And there's some who say we don't need belonging because that is personal to me. Uh, so it's, it should be just DEI. So given these kind of debates that are happening in the organizations, but never really spoken about openly, uh, what are your views in terms of how organizations can carefully, strategically, and, and holistically adapt this whole concept of DEIB uh, to move forward in the culture? Great question. Well, I think first and foremost, as an organization, you should make a, a concerted, really decision, so to speak, of what areas you're going to focus on, because it's not an all or nothing either. There's a lot of overlap with all of them, you know, diversity and then equity and then inclusion and then belonging. And it's a lot to take on all at one time. I think, um, secondly, what's again going back to communication and listening surveying your your the you know the people of your organization and understanding where do they see everything today where do they want to see things go to improve and what suggestions do they have how are they feeling when they come to work are they feeling included do they feel heard do they feel valued um, are they being utilized in the sense that their diverse background um, lends itself to add the value and talent that an organization may need? Is my manager, my supervisor valuing what I bring to the table? And are they, are they really communicating a sense of strengths comes in diversity and including everybody? So there's a, there's a lot of interweaving pieces there when it comes to, again, the communication, the vision that the organization has and where the people are, are feeling and, and, and kind of creating a sense of where is the company today and where do we want the company to be for that vision. And it really is a collaborative, collective discussion um, that everybody needs to be a part of in order to move the needle forward and improve those efforts. Great. So um, now, now, if I were to uh, look at uh, specific work models and, and how uh, we can look at culture being built in those scenarios. Uh, while we were all in work from office uh, setup, it was easier to get connected, to see the culture differences, to assimilate those culture differences and bring them in um, allies, in networks, in smaller groups, and then uh, 
kind of get them together uh, to get them aligned to the larger vision of the organization. Given that now we have either the hybrid model, which somewhat addresses it, but I think the, the place where HR leaders are still struggling or still trying to find a solution of building a culture which is more engaged and more inclusive is the uh, completely remote model. Uh, you have people uh, from different countries joining in, uh, but then because there aren't any opportunities for them to interact and understand each other's culture more holistically and more deeper, uh, I think somewhere the, the common alignment of the objective and the vision does not happen. And then it's just about asynchronous and synchronous work styles that is happening day in, day out for the business managers. So uh, what would be your suggestion to the HR leaders and the business leaders in, in, uh, in their roadmap or in their journey for building a holistic, engaged and inclusive culture in remote workplaces? Yeah, it's a struggle for sure. I think we're all struggling with that. Um, you know, no, nobody's immune to the struggle of trying to build the culture and that constant collaboration in such um, a workforce that is spread all over. And, and now, like you said, the hybrid and, and remote um, workers that have continued that way. Um, for, for me in particular, we've really made agendas you know, for team meetings and staffings and whatnot, we've definitely put a lot more of a priority on having that that discussion. That that just let's let's check in. How is everybody doing? What are what are ways that somebody you know that maybe you've never seen except for on Zoom or Teams has helped you out in in what you're doing in your department today? So we do a lot of those shout outs. We do lots of check ins. Um, we get everybody involved in that so that there is um, a great understanding of the, the differences that different departments bring to the organization that really truly align with the mission and the vision and the core values of the organization. And by demonstrating that and talking about that, again, going back to communication um, and connecting and collaborating, we're able to, to vocalize that and constantly repeat that. You know, whether the meeting is every week, every two weeks, every month, every quarter, you know, every different type of meeting for an organization that has a regular consistency and schedule to it brings those people together. And when you readdress some of those things and you continue to reiterate how those um, initiatives from other departments and teams are contributing to what another department and team is doing and how that all folds in together to, to the mission and what we're trying to do and the ripple effect that that creates. I think constantly talking about that and, and sending that message really helps people um, really remember and also be able to celebrate why we're all in this together and what we're doing collectively um, for the greater good of an organization, whatever that may be, a service, a product, or whatever that is. Um, you can constantly tie that in when people are regularly meeting even if it is virtually like we're living today. Interesting. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in another context to this. Um, so when we talk about culture, engagement, inclusivity, a lot of work is done in-house. A lot of announcements are made in-house. A lot of wins and successes are celebrated in-house. Given the current era of digitization and digitalization um, and social media being one of the far 
most tapped potential for some organizations and far most untapped potential for a lot of organizations. How can organizations and HR leaders use social media to uh, to build uh, the momentum for the branding, the complete employer branding that they're looking at for their inclusive culture and their engaged culture in the long term? the the social media and uh, you know everything that gets connected out with with videos that you can put together um the the memes that are out there educational pieces all of that is is, is incredibly powerful on social media um getting involved in different types of social media and platforms so that you're reaching different audiences of different demographics of different regions um, is key you don't want to just stick with one and, and, and do everything there. You really want to diversify in your social media platforms. Um, we celebrate all sorts of things within the organization. And since we haven't been able to get together as we once did, we've been running a lot of videos as well and doing award ceremony in videos and blasting that not only internally throughout the organization, putting it on intranets, putting it on our recognition platforms, but then also putting on our social media platforms so that we can showcase to, you know, potential candidates or folks that are just interested in using Chrysalis Health Services, what we actually are doing out there to include, to educate and, and to be a support and, and an advocate for people. Um, I think that getting conversations going too for people from diverse backgrounds um, is, you know, some sometimes people shy away from using social media because they're afraid of what Pandora's box they're going to open up. Um, and I think we live in a, a world today where communication and differences is good. You know, like we getting that those different opinions out there and doing it in a very compassionate way and being able to have those dialogues in a very compassionate way to understand one another is the only way we're going to continue to strengthen the bond in anything related to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. The more we understand about each other and get that out there to showcase and demonstrate and, and to, to communicate to other people, um, the, the stronger that becomes and the more comfortable people become with having those dialogues and those discussions. So I say social media is a great avenue, um, you know, to, to get out there and be, be candid and, and showcase your brand and what you're doing out there. And don't be afraid to, 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 to share something and to speak up and to put something out there. Because even if something negative comes back, you can still communicate and have a really good dialogue with people out there that think differently. True, very true. So um, if, if you were to look at the overall overarching principle of culture, mm -hmm. it's usually said what happens on the top gets cascaded below. So people watch what their leaders are doing and it kind of gets embedded into the culture at different layers. Um, very rarely does an organization talk about in their uh, environment about a bottom-up culture and a top-down culture striking a balance wherein both, uh, both stakeholders are able to create a common ground for a culture where everybody's accepted. And it's not just one person dictating how the culture should be. So, uh, 
if you've had uh, any instances or examples of case studies where you've seen that the culture is not just driven from the top, but it's 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 more of a collaborative experience from the top and the bottom, and people are actually driving the whole vision of culture together to a success. Yeah, great question and so important. Um, that is something that you know for us personally in our organization we are we are constantly working at um, and really trying to meet in the middle there and that middle ground to make sure you know everybody's heard everybody is um you know everybody's viewpoint and perspective is taken into consideration um you know it's kind of like the the, the iceberg scenario. I don't know if you've ever seen the poster of the iceberg where you see everything that's on top, you know, and but you don't know what's beneath the surface of all of that. And that's really how all of us have to go through and look at everybody within an organization. And that's at every organization. All you see is the surface. Nobody knows what's going on below. And what's what's important as as compassionate humans together is to dig deeper and to understand the perspectives and the perceptions that folks are coming to the workplace with and how does that guide them in their work? How does that impact them positively or negatively in their work? And, and really how that contributes to everything, productivity, workplace satisfaction, attendance, um, you know, communications, collaboration um, and really understanding that there are so many facets underneath that iceberg that we as, as employers and leaders, you know, we think we're sometimes getting there, but there's so much more deeper underneath that level to get to. And so really listening to, as you said, Natasha, from the bottom up and the top down and really taking a, a good a good pause really to hear what is going on from the bottom up and to explain from the top down, okay, this is maybe why we're communicating this. Maybe this is why we're putting an initiative in place. Does it work for you? Because we don't know it all. We don't, know, we don't have all the answers. We need to find out from you if in a particular initiative is working for you or, or if a particular angle that we're taking with something is, is, getting us the the response that we're looking for from you and it's adding value to your experience with us if we're not getting that um and you're able to explain that to us and we're able to make it better we need to do that so that's why those two angles top down and bottom up are so important to to keep going with the process of doing that digging and making sure Let's do a status check. Let's do a review. Let's see where we're at. Are we on the same page? Do we need to tweak somewhere? Um, and, and constantly kind of having those dialogues back and forth in, in various different forums um, so that you're getting people at different times at their comfort level, um, you know, for them to feel safe and to be able to share. That's why there's so many of the surveys, the think tanks, the town halls, the roundtable discussions, so many different ways of being able to connect with employees from different levels of the organization and different regions of the organization is important to do on a regular basis. Check in and make sure you're hearing them correctly. And then any initiatives that are put forth, is it working? Is it meeting the needs that we're trying to set out to do? 
Amazing. Um, I genuinely don't want to close this discussion, but now since we are inching close to the uh, ending hour of a podcast, I have my last question for you. Sure. Um, in this whole scenario, I think one of the most important stakeholders for the business leaders or for the HR leaders and the overall organizations are the difficult and the tough stakeholders who generally would not agree or would agree to disagree uh, you know, to all the initiatives that are being taken in building the kind of culture that the organization is looking at. Um, so what are two or three suggestions from you to manage these kind of stakeholders more effectively so that they don't become blockers in the journey, but at the same time, if they're not able to contribute, they're just part of the journey in the long term. Mm. Great question. We, you know, I think every organization is going to have, you know, an example of this. Um, again, nobody's immune to it. So again, I, you know, I hate to repeat myself, um, but communication and dialogue is, again, it's always going to be key. Being able to have those difficult conversations, and yes, there will be times that we need to agree to disagree. Um, but I think being able to show the value that some of these initiatives and some of these um, these activities that bring strength to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, bring to the bottom line, and also bring to productivity and operations. We are always better in 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 you know the 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 picture of the puzzle is better with all the different pieces that are imperfect um, that really creates um, the the and drives us to be able to work towards that mission and that vision. Um, so being able, I think, to communicate, educate, and demonstrate how all of that ties into business objectives, operations, productivity, and really the bottom line. Happier employees that feel comfortable and safe are always going to be better for business. Um, so it behooves anybody who's not necessarily on board 100% to really, you know, if you have somebody coming to you with these types of initiatives and you're not 100% on board, really hear how that can impact the, the business um, overall and, and the great value add that it will bring because diverse numbers of people from various backgrounds are going to bring so much more to the table um, and, and are going to add so much more value to an organization overall. So it's communication and 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 educating and, and really kind of driving that point home um, with, with proof. <laughs> Great, this brings us to an interesting end to our today's podcast recording. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us and sharing your insights. Uh, a huge thank you to our viewers and listeners as always. Um, signing off until we bring you the next episode. Take care and yeah. good evening. Bye-bye. Thank you, Natasha, so much. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.